0: Welcome to the Agency X podcast. Today we're talking about acquisition and retention in e commerce. I sit down with David, our e commerce strategist, to talk a little bit about some of the brands we worked with, as well as how other brands could focus on retention, as well as acquiring new customers.
1: Yeah, so basically today we're talking about customer acquisition versus retention, kind of how they fit into both the brand side and, you know, from the agency side which kind of we offer. I I guess in general before we kind of get into more of like the deeper discussion of it, I am kind of curious what our history with the acquisition side has been like with paid media because I know when I first started We did offer, we offered like paid media, but we didn't have anyone specifically that handled that. Uh, And then we like stopped doing it. Uh, Like when, when did, when did paid media start fitting into kind of the Avex wheelhouse? And then when did you realize, okay, it's, that's not what we want to do.
0: Yeah, that's a great, great question. And there's definitely a backstory there. So prior to focusing on e-commerce, you were mainly a just a web design agency. So um, I have a background in web design and development and I was freelancing and it transitioned to just doing websites. That's really what we did. Love doing websites, design, development, very small boutique agency, just a, literally a handful of us or less. Um, and for a couple of years, we I just really did that. And it made sense to start doing paid media. So we started doing like, Facebook ads. We started doing um, like Google search and other things, or like or that were just falling under digital marketing. So started looping that in, and I don't have a great background in it. That said, I don't think I, I was as passionate about it. So when we started doing it. We had some good results with some brands that we were working with. Once we transitioned into being Shopify Plus partners and focusing a lot on e-commerce, more on branding, more on content strategy and creative, something that the whole entire team was passionate about, the less focused we became on digital marketing. And I really wanted to make a conscious decision to be as focused as possible. And the one thing that we really weren't doing well, or a couple of things that we were, we were doing, but didn't love doing and weren't great at was like packaging design or like just straight graphic design. So we had some print projects that we've worked on in the past. Now we say no to all of those. We really wanted to become super focused on e-commerce. So it did fit in for a little while. And I'm sure, and I'm not saying it never will again, but right now we just love being focused on on e-commerce, which is why we stopped doing paid media and uh, Google search um, and ads and things like that. So it can work into it again, but really wanted to take a step back and be focused. And this was about two years ago, give or take, or maybe like the beginning of 2019, late 2018, when we started to focus a lot more on e-commerce. And that is where we saw a lot of growth uh, because we stopped focusing, um, stopped offering that service. We didn't want to be an agency that just does everything. We didn't want to be a jack of all trades. We really wanted to be specialists in our field. um, And that's one thing that we cut out. There's also a lot of different digital marketing agencies that we partner with because they only do digital marketing. They know what they do best and they focus on paid media uh, and we'll partner with them. Uh, and we've had a lot better results for our clients and the merchants that we work with uh, doing that.
1: The, the attractive thing though about paid media and it's, you know, the value, you know, the valuation between the two is from like a brand side, obviously for, you know, I mean, brands of like all sizes, they'll run paid media. If you're a newer brand, uh, you know, customer acquisition is going to be more important because it's, it's the only thing you can do. I mean, you, you know, you most people are going to find you through ads. It's unlikely they're going to find you through SEO, which certainly does fall under customer acquisition, but that's a really you know long term slow burning mm-hmm. goal seo is not something that you can just hire an agency for to to do and then say hey in a month i want you know uh, i want 20% of our web traffic to be found through organic search it doesn't work that way yeah. which is why yeah. you know customer acquisition there's a lot of things to it like there is paid media you know that's paid media is probably the one the one to one association with like customer acquisition like when you see acquisition or hear acquisition it's really you know people really are talking about you know paid media most of the time i feel like that's how brands view it and you know in general it's you know it's attractive for agencies because think about it from the the pitching perspective it's so easy it's so easy for an agency or relatively easy for an agency to pitch a paid media engagement or retainer because it's you know it's essentially hey well you know you pay like some flat fee for our services and and you also pay us you know to you know actually run the ads do the setup maybe we do some of the creative for the most part the client really the client really just mostly has to like provide some contextual direction and approve of things but for the most part it's pretty hands-off hands-off for the client and it's a very easy thing to do every month like the the client can easily understand the relationship between what that agency is doing and what the result is the cause and effect is just so easy to match you run an ad people click on an ad they you know they, they add a product to part, the cart they buy it that's a you, you see the direct relationship between that but retention is so much harder to pitch and to communicate because clients have to you have to explain to clients why ret number one? What retention, uh, what retention strategy is, and what you do for that, and why it's important, and kind of like with SEO, it's a long term thing. You're not going to be like, hey, that's mm-hmm. uh, you know, let's make a loyalty put a loyalty program, and it'll be great. And for, you know, for the most part, the client they can't be hundred percent hands off. They have to get involved in a way. So it's then a balancing of well, you know, if you need me to do things with you for this, then why am I hiring? And, an agency for it but you know that said i i think most of us at avex you know i think we enjoy the retention side of it more i personally prefer the idea of uh, nurturing customer lifetime value than just you know churning people in and out of the site
0: yeah you're 100% right and i think it depends on the business and th- there's a lot of things to unpack there especially around the marketing side when it comes to you know agencies just running ads and showing yes it's 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 a lot easier to pitch clients to merchants and saying, hey, look, this is what we've done. This is the ROI we had uh, or that we showed shown clients. And it's like almost like productizing um, their service offerings, right? Uh, but there's a lot of noise there. It's very difficult to, to, to stand out because there's so many different companies doing digital marketing uh, and they're just running ads. I think the most important thing there is the content. And that's where we do get involved. Right, we do get involved with our clients. We've worked with Hugo Boss on things like this, and, and many other clients to help them with either a brand or content strategy uh, and direction for the content that they end up using uh, in these in these paid media, whether it's social ads, you know, Facebook ads, Instagram, uh, or if it's display ads. So the content is what's going to actually get those clicks. Yeah, of course, the targeting has to be on point and. Um, your who you're, the customers you're going after, but the content and what's actually being shown to them is insanely important. And that's where we do get involved. And that's where I like being, is in the creative and the content space um, when it comes to that. But we do partner with different agencies. We do partner with brands on, on helping them uh, with that content. Um, so, and that's one of the reasons why I kind of stepped away from it too, because we wanted to be focused more on the content side of things, uh, rather than just like, hey, who are we targeting? Uh, who are we showing ads to? Um, now that you bring up retention, where we do put a lot of focus on is our Klaviyo email marketing. So just because we stepped away from doing like display ads and 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 uh, paid media doesn't mean that we are not doing any kind of marketing at all. Um, and and that's where I think there's going to be a bigger return on investment because, if, like like you said, some customers or some merchants. Might not be putting enough attention on retention, um, but the best customer is a repeat customer. The, the, it's it has the best ROI. You know why are you going to spend one, two, three, five dollars on a click or more uh, for an ad that you're spending thousands of dollars on when you could send out emails or SMS messages to retain those customers to bring them back to a website? Uh, you already know they're interested. Uh, you already know that they are um, that they are customers of yours, um, or they have at least been on your website. So bringing them back to the website and retaining them, and 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 increasing the customer lifetime value is insanely important. It's going to have a much better return on investment. I'm not saying not run ads, but that's where we just play. We are where our expertise is a lot more, and where we focused on a lot more. But I think it's very important to be doing both and i think it's a lot of merchants just you know they'll they'll they they're quick to say well we're spending 10 20 50k or more on marketing on digital marketing on these ads but not want to spend x amount when it comes to the content or the copy or the email campaigns that they're running that's to to me that's so much more important and they should be putting more of their budget towards that because it has a better return on investment and Reason why they're clicking on some of those ads and driving into the website to begin with is because of the content and the copy. Um, so I, I think that 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 it's that merchants don't really think twice about spending a lot on actually running these ads um, when they should really be focusing um, equally on the content and the email marketing and the communications with their customers.
1: Right, and I think for you know, if you're a brand, if you're like a small, it's uh, you know, small to mid-sized brand, and you're kind of just you know getting started on e-commerce, it, it makes sense that your big focus, you know, short term is customer acquisition because you don't have any customers. But I feel like making that switch to thinking over about customer retention, you know, just always isn't there. And one of the things I think is important is that you know, some brands they prefer to work with just one agency for everything because it helps keep everything streamlined and consolidate and consolidate. I actually think it makes more sense for brands to work with a different agency for acquisition for certain aspects of acquisition than the agency work for with retention because otherwise, then your you know your agency could be huge, but if your agency is big enough to support both the thing both of those things, it's likely they're going to be more expensive than a lot of the, a lot of these brands can afford anyway. But by using you know two different agencies that just specialize in those things, it can be pretty effective in making sure both of those uh, strategies are being served but then when it comes with working together sometimes there can be some friction i I wonder of other Mm -hmm. agencies you know i I know in in our case we've had to work with branding or or uh, client paid media teams before and i think in general there's usually in my experience there hasn't been really been much animosity between you know who gets the credit for things because it can be hard to map and figure out and even from the brand perspective yeah, like yeah. a merchant they don't exactly know it's like how do you how are you ensuring the effectiveness of retention versus acquisition i mean you know did the you know can you give the credit to the paid media company because they clicked on the ad and they made that first purchase or you know but because without that even if they did you know if there isn't that retention they make that second purchase they would never have gotten to the site in the first place if they hadn't had clicked on that ad at all so it can create a little bit of a of an undesirable yeah there
0: There could be there could be and i think that as long as both parties or rather all parties involved know what their expertise is know what their job is and align on that in the beginning that's very important uh, it's very important where, you know, we're where coming in as the experts in e-commerce and retention, and we're coming in with with, with Shopify Plus knowledge, the creative, the, the design. And if we're working with a, a paid media company, you know, we know what they do. We're going to take their recommendations. We're going to align with them. That's very important. And as far as where the credit goes, I mean, that's not as important as, you know, making sure that we're all. We all have the same goals in mind, right? Um, and I always liken it to, a, to, to building a house. So, uh, with, when it comes to websites and even brands, I uh, always use this example just because it's, it it's clear. When you, when you hire someone to build a house, most of the time you're not hiring one company. You're hiring multiple companies. You know, the company is doing, maybe they're doing the architecture and someone's doing the foundation. Same person is doing the electrical, is not doing the plumbing. And that those might be completely different companies. Maybe the, the the builder has some recommendations for you and some partner companies, but likely it's going to be a mix of different companies and that specialize in a specific field. And it's the same thing with building a brand. You know, you have you you. And I, look, there are companies that do all of these things, but I think as much as and like you said, those might be larger agencies. have been around for a long time are going to be a lot more expensive because you have a team of 30 people working on your brand um that's not what we're we're talking about here we're talking about you know building a brand and you know you could have your specialists who come in on e-commerce and design and that's where we are and content and things like that and retention email marketing and you have your your paid media side maybe you have a branding side of it too working on packaging design and and, and other things like that um so there's going to be some crossover and i and, and and looking at some of the, the especially the branding companies that we partnered with in the past, a l- like we've worked with some where they did all of the branding and the content and we took on the development and, the, and, the sh- and Shopify Plus, you know, what people see and interact with is definitely going to get more of the attention um, because it's a lot more visual, right? So there's definitely going to be a lot more, uh, whether it's credit or just like, um, or or if it's just more attention going to that side of it, because it's more visual, um but as long as everyone aligns on the same goals and we understand who what our expertise is and what we're bringing to the table that's where we're going to get you know we're going to see the most success and set our clients up for success
1: right and you know it takes a lot more for you know the paid media approach can be in general where you you know you set up a baseline for running ads and then over time you kind of tweak it and you don't have to like map that out as specifically for clients because in their own head they can get what you're doing but for retention what i think of has helped us a lot is really kind of creating we always we always call it like an action plan or like a game plan where we figure out how long that engagement's going to be and then what we can do and what we want to hidden that and kind of outlining it for them, because when they, you know, when they see it in the deliverable format, that kind of has it in their eyes, you know, okay, that makes a little more sense. And as far as the specific metrics, I think the, probably the best way, probably one of the only really effective ways that you can really uh, measure the effectiveness of retention is if you have, you know, with your analytics, if you have them, you know, filtered, for you know returning customers specifically that's you know if you're in google analytics and you create a segment of you know a uh, a person who's made a if a unique user has made a transaction uh more uh, like more than once i think that's the only caveat you'd have to put for it for that for that specifically and then Mm -hmm. filter those metrics for that and then kind of see it you'll really kind of see the roi that retention has for example for a lot of our own clients for that uh you know from that Google data studio Mm -hmm. dashboard that we have and I've been kind of I've been playing around with with a lot of our clients who we kind of do, you know, this retainer, retainer retention support on and pretty much every single time, the conversion rate, average order value, the amount of time to convert has been so much better for returning customers. And they have been for new customers. I mean, in one case, uh, the conversion rate was a difference of four uh, percent versus two percent for returning wow. to new. And so that's yeah. you know, that's the yeah. data that, you know, for let's let's say we're, you know, talking about Shopify specifically, which is where I, I know a lot of clients, they really only focus on the the analytics dashboard in the back end. But what it doesn't do such a good job at and that Google Analytics really does is allowing you to see uh you know a lot of those details for how returning and repeat customers are actually, you know, using your site and those metrics around that and then once you show that to clients you really can see okay wow it's you know there's actually value in not just bringing more first time buyers it's getting a higher ratio of returning customers that's that's really what retention is all about and that's really how you can boil it down to is you know, what your returning customer metrics are like. That's, I think that's what any brand should look at when they're thinking of uh, retention. There is like attribution modeling, which is where you basically gauge how much people like your brand. And you can, but if you're, you know, there's definitely going to be someone on the business end, especially as your business is larger, who probably doesn't care as much about how much people like your brand. They want to know that. You know, their their brand is growing financially.
0: Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, there's definitely going to be multiple people who's interested in having the brand grow financially, and and as well as um just people who are fans of the brand. Um, and it, it, those things, of course, can relate to each other. But yeah, I agree. I I mean, looking and there, those numbers are not that surprising when it comes to new customers versus current customers, um or previous customers. So um back to the point that we were that we made earlier about email marketing and 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 being able to to bring people back to the website i think that's something that, that is extremely important because they're already a fan of your brand you know we need to focus on that more and and that also goes for service businesses like us um instead of going out a lot of agencies are always interested in that newness new clients new brands Looking, what I've been trying to do, especially over the past few months, is look at our current clients, our past clients. How can we bring more value to them? How can we work with them uh, on, on additional things? We already have a relationship there. We already, have, we already know that they like our services. They like working with us. How can we provide more value and we'll work with them in the long term? <laughs> and I think that's where merchants need to focus on as well, is not just, ret- re- not just trying to attract new customers through P-Media, but use those other channels as well. Whether it's SMS, uh, email marketing, social media, engaging with the customers and having repeat purchases. Now, sometimes this doesn't work for all brands. Um, for example, we just launched uh, Simmons.com, which is Sir to Simmons Beauty Rest, their um, first director com- consumer initiative with uh, the Simmons brand. Now, they have only a couple of products it's a mattress. How often are you buying mattresses? You know, until a brand has multiple different products out in different verticals um, or different categories, sometimes the customer lifetime value just can't be there. Another one of our clients, they have one hero product. Um, You're only going to make this $500 or $1,000 purchase once, maybe every five to 10 years, you know, so that's a different approach. So it's going to vary depending on the category that you're in. Uh, one example that comes to mind is, uh, I, I bring this example up all the time. It might not even be the first time on this podcast, but Evergun, which I think is a great product. And I, I, I really like what they did right now because they, are, they were always about acquisition, right? They have one product. Evergun makes the um, post-workout massage guns. They're about five, $600. You are not buying that more than unless it breaks you're not buying another one for years. So they know that that's a problem. So all of all their marketing was about new customers, right? You know, maybe they've been out for a few years, maybe someone's in the market for a new one, they're coming out with new products, new features, but still if it has like a, a an extra, you know, extra setting on it or something like that, it's not going to justify a 5, 6 central trial purchase every year. So what they did was very interesting. They changed their name, Theragun, to, I think, Therabody. Yeah, Yeah, Therabody. And they have some new products out, but they also have um, other wellness products like lotions, things that could go with the whole massage gun, things about wellness. So it's still part of that category of wellness. But now they have a product that they could reach out to their customer base that they already acquired and have more build that customer lifetime value. So now people could buy various different products. They could subscribe to them uh, and they're building more. Um, uh, they're building more of a brand. So I think that's really interesting as of how a brand could go from having that hero product that they bring in new customers with that they're really known for, and then being able to work with those clients uh, or market to those clients um, market to those customers um, with some new products that are coming out that aren't just a once a every five year purchase, there are once a month purchase or every other month purchase. So I think merchants do see that they do see that 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 they need to have customer lifetime value, they need to build brand equity, and they can't just focus on that one hero product forever.
1: Yeah. And I think it's funny, that's actually the strength of a not so well known brand or what I mean by that is, uh, so what what we're talking about here is, you know, brand extensions. That's when you basically uh, add your brand onto a new offering that's an entirely different vertical, in a way, than what you've already been offering, even if it relates. Because I think, what is it? They offered, uh, you know, that that gun thing, which I I I, I didn't even know people use that. I thought it was a scam. Um,
0: Love it. Oh no, it's not a scam. <laughs> but now that's they great. offer
1: like these lotion, you know, these lotions, and there are some. There's some like compatibility, like uh, cognitively, or like you know, in the brand message, they it kind of fits under the brand message, though it is like an entirely different product category at all. And you know, it's much easier. Yeah, exactly. It's much easier for like these. I, I say smaller. Like you could uh, you could argue whether uh, Therabody is a small brand or not, but I'm thinking of this in the context of like like coca-cola or like apple or like that you know those Mm -hmm. those are like compared to that those are like you know the biggest brands
0: in the world world. yeah
1: it's hard for them to to have brand extensions you know uh coca-cola they really have to stick to beverages they can't they can't sell skin cream
0: no yeah well i think they stick to their their categories but they i mean they absolutely have other types of products and you'd be surprised especially with like brands like coca-cola or nestle or all these conglomerates—they own everything. There's, they have various different categories, and they acquire companies. Those, they're, they're on a whole nother level when it comes to creating different verticals and then being able to tar- target different customers. But and they get into different things. Like, like, certain companies are, you know, that sell sh- all sugary things are also in health and wellness in a way. You know, they could be selling health products. They'll they'll acquire a company and then just to get into that vertical. So, they're a whole nother world. Um, yes,
1: but that's less of an extension because what an ex, what a brand extension is is when they actually extend their their name into it. Coca Cola they own like a million different things in in tons yeah. of different spaces. But they're but the name Coca Cola or Coke isn't on. Most of them, they don't sell Coca-Cola water. They sure, have to
0: put sure, yeah. a different
1: name. So thinking of that context, yeah, or yeah. something,
0: whatever they. Uh, the great yeah. thing is so, for yeah. Therabody,
1: are yeah. thera One by Theragon. It, you know, they can they can do that. I mean, uh, Manscaped has even Manscaped has done that with their their products. They at first they started. You know, you know what Manscaped is right. It's I'm, yeah, I think at this course. point, no one there's no one who doesn't know what they are because their marketing has been their marketing has been insane. I think they're yeah Uh, i in in this space but you know for them they started with uh you know the the lawnmower and then they you know for them that product even though you're not going to buy a shaver every often of course there's the blades but what they also started doing is creating more like lifestyle products like uh like clothing Mm -hmm, and and like mats and a few other things same thing for you know gravity uh they've actually they used to be called gravity blanket now they're just gravity because they gravity yeah they just they sell a whole bunch of things within the realm of of sleep and maybe that's these are probably less you know these are soft extensions because if you sell a blanket and then you start selling a and you then you start selling a pillow or something yeah it's the, you know it's the same it's the same thing but it's something that yeah. it's something that they can do and they can do very easily because that well would, i think yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that's where also Peloton um, did a really good job because they understood from the beginning um, that they have a a, a product that you could only buy probably once. And I don't know when you're going to buy another one again. They're (laughs) expensive. um, But when you buy it, it requires a subscription. So not only are they really getting you on the product that you can finance, of course, but- you have to pay for the subscription, and there's some accessories here and there, but you're not really getting them. You know, maybe the shoes you have to buy every couple of years or something. But they're not only selling you the light; they're selling a lifestyle brand. They're selling you a very p- expensive piece of equipment. But they understood that hey, if we sell every one of these bikes, what's going to happen when everyone has these bikes? Are you know we're not going to be able to sell anymore. more. It's not like a car that every few years you're going to get a new one or it's a lease or something. You're going to want. You know maybe the, the new one comes out and it's even better, kind of like an Apple product, but it's still gonna be a few years. So they have those subscriptions there. So I think that and and you know, speaking of like computers and stuff or a phone, you know, that's something that Apple does really well too. They have their specific categories and they know their machines are expensive, two thousand dollars. Somehow they've convinced people that they need a new thousand dollar phone every year, which is crazy. I don't know how they were able to do that, but you know, people get new phones like every year and they're expensive. So that's like one of like the, the only times you're like really getting a a, a lot. I, I stopped, I don't do it as much anymore, but I remember I used to get a new iPhone. Like every time the new one came out, I'd have to sell my other one, get a new one. Um, so, it, and, and, and they developed such a brand that, that, you know, the retention there is is insane, you know, given the price point of their products.
1: and building a brand, cause that's, you bring up a good point right there is that brand building and the power a brand has that really is a you know a major part of retention I mean it's it's its own wheelhouse like branding is its own core function within you know the e-com business space but yeah. it is essentially a part of retention if you have a really good brand I mean in my my personal case uh, I shop at uh, it's called Magic Spoon. they sell keto cereal and yeah. their branding is amazing they've got a little bit of an identity issue because part of it is like oh magic like stage magic but then they got like the fantasy elements they, they got they got a little bit of stuff to figure out i'm not gonna i'm not gonna <laughs> let them get away with that that but yeah i uh, they're you know their brand they just have a really good solid brand overall so much so that i spent 20 bucks on a bowl and spoon set i mean of course you know when you think about it as sort of the product i could probably get a, a bowl and spoon from amazon for like five bucks i spent like yeah. I spent 20 bucks on a bowl and spoon at magic spoon the reason well num- num- number one the design of it like the just the pure product packaging and the actual experience i remember when i physically got it and opened it up it was like really well. Yeah. I saw that, put together. I saw that
0: picture you posted. Yeah, that I, looked good. I sold
1: cool. that box. Like it's, it just fascinates. It fascinates. Me yeah. And like
0: that, that's, <laughs> that's, you know, good branding right there. That is, and they have an interesting product, right? They have their core. They know who they're going after, right? It's not just everyone that is going to buy that cereal, yeah, it's right? Like, it's, you know, it's,
1: it's expensive.
0: <laughs> it's expensive. It's more focused towards keto, right? It's like no sugar or very low sugar um it's it's is it higher in protein and, and, and it's it carbs? Yeah it's,
1: yeah it's got like 11 it's their their whole thing is that the box they even say it their box has like more protein than box is like more protein than something it's got like uh it's got like 70 grams of protein in the whole box that their whole thing is like oh That's more cool. grams of protein in a box than you know than x product they forget the yeah. Specifics, yeah. But, no, that yeah. that's
0: that's great. So they have very specific. So like it's almost like a cult following with their product, <laughs> yeah. where people are really into it. And you know that was a good idea. You know, the name. You know, to to create a bowl and a spoon, it just makes sense.
1: Oh yeah. I mean, have, I nobody
0: did... thought that. Nobody thought that. You know, like no one, no one buys a Kellogg's bowl and spoon. Maybe they've made them in the past as like a novelty, but it's like, you know, I I, I when I was a kid, I used to love. Uh, Fruity Pebbles had a Fruity Pebbles bowl, you know, they didn't really make them. Maybe they did. And like, you know, but it wasn't marketed like direct to consumer like it is now. So like, it's interesting that they came out with a healthier cereal and there are other healthier cereals, but the fact that they have a direct to consumer digitally native cereal and they were able to create, it, it, you know, it's, it's different. It just, it feels different. What they're doing there is that they have a specific, um, Ah, uh, core following, and they know what they what they know what they want, and you're a part of that core following, and they they sold you on that bowl and spoon, um. But it's it's good. You find value in it. it, it, it I'm sure it looks cool. Um, and, I, and, and I use
1: it almost every single day. Like this morning. Like whenever I eat that cereal, I always use that. I don't even put that. I don't even put it in the dishwasher. I make sure to
0: Just rinse, rinse it, rinse yeah. it every
1: time, so I can reuse it. And I exclusively use it for Magic Spoon. Cereal, but one of the, really? yeah, but one of the cool thing about it is they have these grooves in the bottom that, you know, like the cereal milk gets into and it like forms a yeah. picture at the bottom. It's almost like the product is uh-huh. functionally compatible with the bowl and and spoon. <laughs> and another thing, speaking Absolutely. of you know, to tie this back to even more like retention, they did something they did which was great um, for like their new product launch. They la- recently launched uh, like a new new cereal flavor and. I got a text email like it was the simplest email in the world it was just text no imagery no formatting and it said hey you know we've got we're launching a new cereal flavor tomorrow uh we you know we want you to get it early here click this link buy it done I I, I bought it no questions asked I if they didn't send me that email I probably would have like waited I probably would have been like eh like I'll I'll get it yeah, when I get yeah. it but there's new cereals actually sell out pretty quickly so when I got that I'm like oh shit yeah. I'm an
0: early, and and I think that a lot of these, a lot of people prefer, like it makes you stand out, right? It cuts through the static. How many, how many like campaign emails do you get that look pretty every day, all the time? You're not even paying attention to all of them. You know, it has to be targeted. It has to be at the right time, but I, I think it's, you know, those regular text emails or even a text message could have a higher conversion rate because it cuts through. You know, it's quick to read. You could see it. Oh, wow. This is something I'm interested in. And you know what? How much did that cost for them to put out? That copy, they wrote that copy, they put it into the email campaign and sent it out. Like, that's a huge return on investment. It probably, with one sale, your sale paid for the entire investment that they made on that. (laughs) They probably wrote it in like 10 minutes. Yeah. But that's a great idea. You know, that's a great idea. And I think that that works. It's a, li- a lot more personal. You know, I've gotten some messages that that look like that too, or that are almost like notes from the founder. And you know, it's not them personally just emailing you, but you know, the average customer doesn't think like that. The average customer doesn't even think like that. We think like that because we are in it every day. We're like, I know this was sent through Klaviyo and that they're tracking me and all this stuff. But the average customer is just like, oh, cool. An email and that's something that that I would be interested in and I'm going to buy it. Um and at the end of the day all this is bringing value like it's building brand awareness, it's retaining customers, it's it's getting people to love your brand. You know, what problem are you solving for them? You know? Like I think that for Magic Spoons in particular like there's a they there's a problem. Like you, it's hard to find you know, cereal that's healthy. Cereal in general is usually junk. It's filled with sugar. Even the healthy ones are usually crap. Um, so like this, they, they found an area and they're able to build a brand there. And I think a lot of the brands that we, that we worked with in the past with doing certain things like that too, like house um, you know, they, they're building a brand there. They have a unique product that is very different. Um, and they were doing some really interesting things with partnerships with restaurants lately. And, and they they do really well with their email marketing campaigns um and 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 the content that they're putting out there and it's really about that when you focus on your customers and you focus on uh, on building a really great brand uh, and bringing value to the customers and the and focusing on the problem that you're trying to solve it's just going to you know the the sales are just going to come natural and then then everything else that you're doing is just trying to optimize that moving forward like how how can we reach them better how can we bring more value and how can we provide less friction for them to be able to um, buy our product. Uh, so I, I think that's where a lot of brands are getting it right, but you know, there's also a lot of brands that, that get it wrong. Um, maybe it's too many email communications, too many SMS messages, and they're just shoving product in your face, whereas I think Magic Spoon did a really great job with 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 that message to you.
1: Um, and before we go on to like the next thing, I just want to point out when you mentioned on the bowl and spoon. Um one of the biggest missed opportunities I always felt growing up i uh, is that uh, Cheerios never offered a heart-shaped bowl to sell because you they, they, you always saw that on their like packaging is the cereal in the heart-shaped bowl and I'm like why can't you buy that they should have done that
0: <laughs> Yeah yeah exact oh that heart-shaped bowl that's on the front yeah, yeah. like
1: they it, they should have sold that like I wanted to buy that I still want to buy that but they don't sell yeah. it
0: <laughs> I'm sure you could find a heart shape yeah. bowl on Amazon. I'm, I'm
1: sure that's, that's not like that's not the point though. You want it to be like a, a Cheerios bowl, you know? It's yeah. That's the special thing of it.